Let's talk about this title. Let's talk about being AEW World Champion. I told Tony before I came out here that I don't want to hold this place up. There is a long laundry list of talent in the back that can fill my shoes. They can be champion. I'm talking Brian Danielson. I'm talking John Moxley. I'm not here to stand in anybody's way. I told Tony I would relinquish this title, but Tony told me that he believes in CM Punk. And he believes this is just a bump in a road, and I'm gonna tell you, God damn it, I needed to hear that. Because sometimes... Sometimes I get a little down on myself, and that doubt creeps in. And that doubt can ruin anything, but standing here in front of you, like, I'm gonna promise you one thing. I'm not gonna let that doubt creep in. I'm not gonna let it ruin anything. And the get back is gonna be bigger than the setback. This is GKW. Welcome into another edition of Good Karma Wrestling across the Good Karma brand stations. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee, joined as always by Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm and Jonathan Hood, the All-Atlantic GKW champion from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Always appreciate everybody being here. And that's where we have to start. It's, it's hard to believe that was less than a week ago because there's so much especially on the injury front that has happened over the last six, seven days in the world of professional wrestling. And that's where we start tonight's show, guys. We start with the injury to CM Punk. And it was a little confusing at the time in the promo. I think they were kind of trying to figure it out and eventually got to a good spot. But after Punk seemed like he was going to relinquish the title, turns out he's not relinquishing the title because AEW is going to do this interim champ thing. Um, we also found out then over the weekend that Cody Rhodes and then saw that Cody Rhodes had a gruesome injury and he actually wrestled with a torn pec at Hell in a Cell on Sunday. So I guess we start with these two injuries, guys. Which one is kind of the bigger one? Who's going to have a harder time? Which company, AEW, WWE, who's going to have a harder time overcoming the respective injury to arguably the top baby faces on each brand? Well, from my standpoint, I believe it's Cody Rhodes because we've talked about this on GKW a lot and trying to find who the babyface is, or who the next contender is to take on Roman for either one of those championships. Uh, we had Peter Rosenberg on from ESPN New York, and we asked him about, you know, outside of, you know, the Roman Reigns, who's the hottest name in the WWE? And he gave us Cody Rhodes first. I think we all nodded our head in agreement because even though he's fresh off of AEW television, Cody Rhodes comes over and he becomes the number one babyface. He's in the Cena slot as the number one babyface in the WWE, and now he goes down to injury. There's a reason why Cena's going to be coming back in a few weeks in, in Laredo, Texas, because they really need bodies because of the injury. So with CM Punk with the injury, we documented that on this show as well. As I told you guys, yeah, Punk didn't look right against Hangman for the championship. He did not look right uh, when he was uh, stage diving off into the crowd uh, in L.A. And so now he's on the injured list, too. 
there's a, a plethora of wrestlers for AEW to go with for to be interim champion or to be one of the top contenders leading into the championship. But Cody Rhodes hurts the WWE with him not being there. So I think the crazy part is a week ago we sat here and we sort of envisioned what the summer would be like for both companies. And it was these two guys. It was going to be Cody winning the money in the bank and being the face of the franchise. It was going to be Summer of Punk. And now all of a sudden, both of them go down in the same week. That is a big blow to both of them. I agree with what you're saying from Cody. And, you know, we talked about it a lot. I agree that he is the face of the company right now. But I think WWE has an easier time replacing and just plugging and play and saying, hey, Cena, come back. And maybe this is an extended run. I think it hurts AEW more because I think Punk was sort of that name right now that that shiny toy they're showing off to Warner saying, hey, look, you know this guy. You've seen him at WrestleMania. Now he's our champion. And they don't really have that anymore. Like Moxley, we assume is going to be that guy, but he didn't have that same sort of, you know, name power. Jericho, I don't see him getting a run again. Punk was going to be the face of the company this summer. And I think this was an opportunity for them to really take that next step with Roman out. Like there was even a chance for AEW to gain some ground on WWE. So I think Punk is the bigger blow right now. It's just, to me, it all swings for WWE. Is this just an appearance for John Cena? Because, I mean, John's getting to the point that Dwayne The Rock Johnson was when he was making his last run in WWE, wrestling John Cena in those back-to-back WrestleManias where, man, this really ain't worth it for you anymore, Dwayne. Like, (laughs) you can make so many movies, and it wasn't. And he tore a peck, and he had to be sidelined and pushed back movies, and that's the reason we haven't seen The Rock wrestle a legitimate match in WWE since then. And I'm curious if this is just an appearance for John Cena or if it's another run like we saw last year where he, I mean, kudos to Cena because last summer he was along for the ride. He was showing up for the house shows. He was showing up every night on Monday, you know, every week for Monday Night Raw. So if Cena's going to be around, well, then you found out, okay, we don't have Cody, slide in John Cena, we're going to be okay. But if that's not the case, which in my opinion, it shouldn't be because again, John Cena is involved with some pretty big projects at this point. I, I just don't know who steps up. Like SmackDown, you can pretty it's unbelievable how WWE can pretty much only put on one good show at a time. And maybe that's why they're consolidating their championships. Like for a while, SmackDown was fantastic. SmackDown, like I did not want to miss SmackDown. I'm always watching it. Like SmackDown feels like it's been a repeat for the last two months. Like they, they just, and, and certainly the Sasha Banks and Naomi situation didn't help anything over there, but their women's division isn't very strong over there because of that. Um, and because Roman Reigns just blew through everybody at SmackDown. Are so, you saying you don't want to see New Day versus Sheamus and his friend for the eighth straight month? Are you, is that what you're saying right now? Are you over Sheamus, that? I don't understand. Sheamus and his friend. <laughs> Sheamus and his friend. That would, his Rich friend. Holland. By the way, Rich uh-huh. Holland. Oh, we are, by the way, this week on SmackDown, we are getting an intercontinental championship match. So, I mean, everybody's very excited. I know Brian is very excited to see his guy, Ricochet, finally defend that IC strap on SmackDown. But, like, Monday Night Raw was really good. It was pretty compelling with what they did with Cody Rhodes. And and I feel like Monday Night Raw has been trending as that really good show. But while SmackDown was good, like, Raw wasn't very good. It seems like WWE can only put on one good show throughout the course of a week, and maybe that's why they're consolidating this. But they – they just have a problem with depth on the roster all around, which happens when you cut 80, 90 guys over the course of a calendar year. So now when you have these injuries, how do you backfill when you haven't been building up guys for championship runs against Roman Reigns? So it's going to be curious to see what WWE is to me because of the depth of that AEW roster. And yes, maybe it ends up being hurt, hurting them with the merger as they try to impress the execs over at Warner. 
But again, like last night, John Moxley. Okay, yeah, put put the strap on Mox. I'm cool with that. Put the strap on Daniel Bryson. I'm cool with that. There's a number of different guys I feel you could do that with. I mean, we later AEW just really screwed up. They had Ray Phoenix right there. What are you doing? I don't understand. Like, come on, like this. Here we go. A bunch of cowards. Here we go. Tony, Tony, you're a coward. Like he was in the final four of the the, the Casino Battle Royale, but it's it's got to be Cody. <laughs> Because he was their guy. He was what they were building, and now they have nothing to build around. Because you're going to have to take time now to build Seth Rollins back up. Because as cool as it was for um, Cody to beat Seth, Seth just lost to a guy with a torn peck. It's going to take a little bit of time, even though he's Seth freaking Rollins, to build him back up a little bit. Well, if nothing else, Seth Rollins is the number one uh, heel in the company now based on what he did on Monday Night Raw. I mean, he's got, he is a heat-seeking missile right now because of what he did there. But see, bro, it's here we go with the WWE. Here's where we are. So Cody Rhodes is out. You wouldn't have to break glass and in, in get John Cena in there in, in Laredo in a few weeks if Cody Rhodes was healthy. And, yeah. and that's a shame on the WWE. That's a shame on the WWE for them not being able to build more baby faces. Like after Cody, Cody's hot, sure, but there should be someone else. This is why they're trying to build Riddle. If you notice this now, Slowly but surely, because Randy Orton's not out, here comes Riddle. They're going to try to build him to be a singles contender at some point. Again, uh, I thought they thought of him as a comedy act, and now look at what they're doing now. They're trying to put him in a position to succeed. But this is what happens when you don't build your stars. This is, this is where you are right now. And so it's a shame that uh, McMahon had to call John Cena and says, Hey, pal, what's your schedule looking like? We don't have Cody. He goes, uh, I can help you out for SummerSlam in Nashville. Okay. Well, you got to put some kid over that's awful, the United mm-hmm. States champion. I mean, ultimately, that's what's going to happen. We're going to get a right. Fandango-Jericho situation <laughs> if if John Cena is going to take on, what's the kid's name? The United Theory. States champion? Austin yeah, Theory. Yeah, Austin Theory, right. If that's going to be the case, then that's going to be a mess for John Cena. But yeah, he's going to do try to help. Vince as much as possible because there's a hole in the roster, but it's a hole that was put in there by Vince McMahon by not elevating the next level. Um, and I'd, I'd ask you guys this. So why can't Drew McIntyre be in that spot to be in Cody's spot to seriously right. contend for the championship? Why can't it be a big E's hurt? So it can't be big E. You know, what he did with Lashley, the, the producer, the referee, told Lashley, you're still on on the camera. Grab a championship and hold it up. Hold it up, Lashley. Did you notice that? Like, they would have gone to commercial, but they're like, hey, you know, give Lashley this fake championship and just hold it up because you want the people to believe that eventually you'll be champion again. They're just stuck, and and they're trying to do what they can to survive until Cody comes back. But I I feel like they have more things in their pocket. I just want to answer Jay Hood's question. The answer to that simply is on SmackDown. Like, there's nobody over there. Like who, I mean, in, in, unless you bring him over to raw to fight some of these other guys to have him go head to head with Kevin Owens, like his, his last real feud. I mean, I guess he got involved with the bloodline and they did the six man tag at WrestleMania backlash, but his last real feud before that was kind of comedy, you know, like they kind of, okay, we're just going to do this in the meantime, put you over, but he hasn't had anything to really sink his teeth into and dive in to make him be that legitimate contender, be that legitimate baby face. Because he's over on SmackDown, and the SmackDown roster is so thin. Yeah, but also, like, a guy like Riddle, like, he's WWE over. Like, he has a catchphrase. He rides a scooter. Like, he gets that reaction. He gets those pops. Like, that is WWE over. So they have that. 
they also, I feel like, have more in their back pocket where they can call a Cena. There were rumors last week that maybe Cesaro heads back there. Maybe this is their chance to say, all right, fine, maybe there is something there. Let's do something there. But they've shown that they don't really value the title. Like, we'll talk about it later. Roman's not going to be on another pay-per-view. He hasn't defended the belt since Mania. We're in June already, and it's going to go into July that he hasn't even defended those titles. So they're just going to try and plug and play and put someone else in there. And honestly, like, would you be surprised if they call out someone else? Like, if Austin comes back or any of those guys that you just sort of wash, rinse, and, rinse and repeat and say, hey, Hulk, you doing anything this week? Like, can you come give a pop here? Like, this is Did what you they're going to do. On. Did you say Hulk as in Hogan? Yes. Like, this is wait, what they Hogan. do. <laughs> wait, are you? get those numbers. Wait, 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 wait. Are okay. you going? Is the next step here? Are you going to suggest that Ric Flair does his retirement match instead for WWE? It wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't put it past Vince. Like as as great as Rollins is as a heel, there's no counter to that. Like there's no great face to take on Rollins. Like him just being a heel is pointless at this point. Like they've put themselves in this corner, but they're gonna find a way to get out of there and get those cheap pops every single week. And even I think it was Booker T said on his podcast. I wouldn't rule out Cody being on TV the next few weeks. Like, he's still going to be around. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's still going to be there and have a presence. Well, he Offline, offline, you and me and Gabe had to talk about your listening habits. Booker T's podcast. I I, I read a quote. I didn't listen to it. I read a quote. Oh, my God. (laughs) Booker T's podcast. Of all people. Read a quote, okay? Mr. WWE. I mean, (laughs) unbelievable. Okay, we need to talk. (laughs) <laughs> but but I mean Cody did say I mean I, and 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 maybe that was just storyline Cody trying to be the tough guy talking about how he was going to do everything in his power to be there which seems impossible because if you're actually going to have surgery on that you can't come back and like try to wrestle on it especially in you know a ladder match which is going to be inherently dangerous. It just doesn't make any sense for him to come back for money in the bank, even though he kind of alluded to that in his promo. Yeah, that is lying to the audience because whether that's John Cena and John Cena's Superman, okay, it, it, he should have come back in six months. I think he came back in three and a half or four months from injury. Triple H has had that injury, and, and that was about – Mm, about five months or so. So it, there's no real reason for him to rush back. The company no, and- will run fine without him. He'll be okay. But when he comes back, it's going to be even cool. Like people think he won't be back until the Rumble next year. That's Bless possible. You. It is 100% mm-hmm. possible because, I mean, it's it could be three, you know, four to six months. Like six months would put us, I mean, if he's out six months and he doesn't return till early January, why not just save him for the Rumble and get a big pop out of it? Mm-hmm. Like that, but that why would they lie to, to the audience? They've made a big statement. They don't want to lie to the audience about what to expect. Like, isn't that what happened with Sasha and Naomi? They don't want to lie to their audience. The WWE uh, always lies to its audience. <laughs> but they put their yeah, I mean, they don't want to. Yeah, they wouldn't want to put Roman Reigns on some posters for some premium live events and then suddenly <laughs> take him off of them, would they? They wouldn't do that. But you know what, guys? But you, but you know what, guys? Here's where the WWE doesn't lie. Here's where they don't lie. When they say premium live events, Premium live means house show. That's the old school house show. It's premium live and it's a live event. Premium live events means house shows you pay for on Peacock. They are not lying when they, and you say, <laughs> hey, we all saw Hell in the Cell. It was kind of like a glorified house show outside of the main event and the first women's and the, the women's match for the women's yep. championship. Otherwise, it was kind of like a house show but you, that you paid for. Premium live event. 
That actually is true. They actually didn't lie about that. Good for you, WWE, for telling the <laughs> truth. We appreciate you and your truth-telling habits. They're fantastic. All right, so obviously these big injuries are going to affect both these companies for their plans for the rest of the summer. But as we move on, we now do what we love to call here on GKW the three count, three of the other top stories that we're keeping an eye on from this past week. Brian, what do we have at number one in the three count? All right, guys, a lot has gone on in the wrestling world the past week. Social media obviously upset with some of it. So which booking decision do you have the biggest issue with from the past week in the world of wrestling? I mean, it's obvious. I already teased at it. Like, what are we doing? Come on, Ray Phoenix, he's right there. Like, give him a chance. Like, see how punk just went down. Ray Phoenix, he's right there. Like, the crowd was going crazy for him. Crowd wanted him. Crowd wanted Ray Phoenix to be the last one standing. Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley would have been fantastic contrasting styles. It would have been a lot of fun. You're going to tell me you wouldn't have enjoyed that match? I know you guys would have enjoyed that match. Ray Phoenix should be the AEW interim champion, and every week he is not. I am calling Tony Khan a coward. <laughs> He's got no hat to take off this week. He's just angry. He's just putting in the camera angry in our Zoom. And, and you know what? I'm with Gabe. I understand because – I know why Gabe is, is a huge fan because he's he's tremendous, there's no doubt. Boy, there you know, what booking issues did we have? There's a lot. How about uh-huh. how about uh, just the random wheel, the random GKW wheel of booking? Let's just go to Dana Brooke. Yeah, Let's go to that. I mean, that's if if it came I mean, back to me, that's that's actually a legitimate <laughs> one that like... I mean I mean Becky Lynch, whatever you think of Becky Lynch, champion champion or no champion, she's over. People mm-hmm. love Becky Lynch, the heel, baby face, whatever you think. She's one of the top workers, one of the best top workers, uh, women's division aside. She's one of the best workers in the WWE. And you put her in a joke match with Dana Brooke. And, and listen, it confused everything because it's like the 24-7 championship is being defended while Becky Lynch is in there. It was completely confusing. And then Dana Brooke beats Becky Lynch. So, are you trying to bury her? Are you trying? That doesn't get Dana Brooke over because we know no. that she's a joke, and, and and the championship thing is a joke. So I just thought that that was odd placement, and it just didn't make sense to me. And, and my thought initially was, is Becky Lynch chasing all these other schmoes for the W the twenty four seven championship in the back now? Like, what's going on? I thought that was weird. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, another one from that same night. The Judgment Day, I guess, is all of a sudden different. And maybe this was a panic move because of Cody. But Edge gets kicked out and we assume is going to become a face now and then just go back on everything he said the last month of, you know, sheep and playing the hits and taking a shot at, you know, that town's sports teams. But that seemed like a rush judgment, especially when you could have just gone with Finn or AJ as your face. Like, if you wanted to go that route, like, why did you have to panic like that? Gabe, here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. Hell in the cell. Who got the pinfall in that right. six in that six person match? Who got the pinfall? It was Edge. Yep. So why do you turn on Edge? Edge should have lost the pinfall. That way, judge the rest of Judgment Day be like, you know what, you're an old man. You can't hack it anymore. We're bringing in, you know, we're bringing in the fiend. We're bringing in our guy. Why would you have Edge win the match and then turn on him the next day? Doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Because there's no logic. The other one I'll throw out there also coming from last night, Swerve and Keith Lee. Like, they had a good thing going to the tag team. Eventually, they break up great. But, like, I feel like it's a wasted breakup in that battle royal. And my first thought was, like, okay, hey, like, they're just competitive. Like, I thought Keith Lee would sort of give a wink and be like, all right, good move. But all on social today, Swerve's tweeting, you know, dead weight and things like that. So, it appears they've broken up that tag team in a random half-hour battle royal that opened Dynamite, which 
doesn't quite sit well with me with the two of them. Yeah, I mean, but I, I guess I never saw them as a legitimate tag team that was going to actually compete for the AEW champion. Like, th- to me, those are two singles competitors. They got thrown in this tag team. They were fun. Like, it was a fun swerve in, you know, swerve in their glory was a fun name. But ultimately, like, I see those as two singles competitors. I, but what do you it was have an, an odd issue way to do it? A week it, and a half but... ago, they won the tag titles. Would you have an issue with that if they won the tag titles? No, but I never thought that they would. Okay. You know, like I, I didn't think that they would actually go out there because, again, they're fun. But ultimately, I think of Keith Lee as as a singles competitor. But the real one. Yeah, it's Becky Lynch. Like, I think you could have done some fun things with the 24 seven title with Becky Lynch and bring legitimacy to it. Like she could have, you know, you, you, you put out this angle of Becky's just so hungry for gold that she will take anything. And then she has a 24 seven open challenge every week and just starts wrestling great matches on ball, you could have done something there. But to have her lose to Dana Brooke, and, and again, with the assistance of Asuka, you obviously see what they're doing. They're building towards a Becky Lynch versus Asuka feud. You don't need to include Dana Brooke in that to me, but that that's the most confusing one to me, is having actually Dana Brooke on Monday Night Raw pin Becky Lynch's shoulders with assistance or without assistance, one, two, three, in the middle of the ring. I will say it's remarkable that 24-7 title is still a thing. Like, we ripped them for their long-term storytelling and how they can't do it anymore. It feels like this title is oh, their best long-term story. At this point. Yeah. Yes, like, it's crazy. So, Which, at least they're sticking with that. I guess that's a positive. Shout out to R-Truth, man, because he's the one who makes it interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I think going back to the Judgment Day, was Edge hurt in Chicago? And this is is this the reason why they kicked him out of Judgment Day? Do we know the answer to that, Brian? Do you have the information? No, on that? I haven't seen anything about that. Okay, because because I don't know why that Edge would be kicked out. The man cut his hair for this gimmick. <laughs> okay, so so if he's not hurt, the only thing I can see is the reason why that they're going with Finn Balor is because Edge is not hundred percent, and which which is going around obviously in wrestling. Because otherwise, if I see him on my television next Monday and he's healthy. Like, so you talk down to us because, well, we're the reason why that the WWE sucks because the fans, we blame the fans, which is usually the most lamest thing from the WWE. When you can't find anything else to blame, blame us because we're at fault. So (laughs) if you turn on edge and I see him on my TV uh, next week, then I don't know what the hell they're doing. Because ultimately, again, if he's not hurt, it should have been edge to take the pinfall to lose at hell in the cell. I guess I just assumed with the stretcher job that he did, he's going to be off television for the next few weeks, go home, spend some time with uh, Beth and the family and the kids, and and then maybe, you know, come back in time for a run at SummerSlam. And, but, yeah, but I don't forgive you, Edge. No, you yeah. talk shit about us. You talk yeah, 100%. shit about us. No, I don't forgive you. So, so but here's, come back as a heel. So, so, he, so but here's, you. But here's the other thing. But, and he's going to have to come back as babyface, right? Because he's going to want retribution yes. today. But he's just going to end up doing what we just saw of okay why are Finn Balor AJ Styles and Liv Morgan they're just they're not really a cohesive unit but they all have beef so is that what he's going to do he's just going to grab another random female and is he are, are him and Finn Balor literally just like trading places like they, they got traded for each other they're going to switch jerseys and trade places and we're going to see that same six-person tag match at SummerSlam is that like I, I just don't know I don't know how he gets retribution as a as one person when he has that whole faction to go up against. And if they want that faction to get off the ground, they have to leave Edge behind. So maybe they actually have Edge stay off the of television for a while. 
But they could have done the same angle and actually played out like it could have been Finn joining. And then down the line, like all of a sudden, like he's the one talking like, you know, Damien and Rhea saying, hey, you know what? Maybe Edge is sort of like carrying, you know, holding us down and then you flip. But to do it the night after the pay-per-view, like I said, when he's the one who won the match for you, it makes zero sense. Another thing I'll throw out there, social media was complaining about this week, new gold coming to AEW. We know Jay Hood is the AEW Atlantic GKW champion, but AEW Atlantic champion will be crowned at Forbidden Door. So any issues with the new belt in AEW? I guess I just think about, I think about when in my era growing up with wrestling and I was a nineties kid, right. And in the nineties, they had the two secondary championships. They had an intercontinental championship and they also had the European title. So I don't know if this is Tony Khan's attempt to do that. And, and they have such a stuffed roster that he decided to create another championship. Now, you also have the ROH titles in there, which kind of makes things a little bit confusing. The FTW championship, which from my understanding, when it started in the AW was just like a symbolic championship, but it's actually been defended a number of times uh, over the course of its existence in AEW. So I, I don't like it just because like, they have bigger things to figure out. Like, what the hell are you doing with ROH and what are you doing with the ROH titles and the TV title and the, the, the ROH, um, you know, all, all the different belts that you have from ring of honor in AEW. Like to me, it's overstuffed now with championships and it's going to be even harder to kind of keep track of who has what championship in AEW as long as ROH is being blended in with everything else. I texted you guys yesterday and told you that the AEW dynamite show is dizzying. It's dizzying. I mean, it's so you're watching the show. Here comes a New Japan guy. And I understand Forbidden Doors in a couple of weeks. I get that. But you have New Japan guys, Ring of Honor guys. All of a sudden, you just introduce an All-Atlantic title tournament out of nowhere. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why do you need an All-Atlantic tournament? Wait, did, did he just – did Tony Khan just wake up on Wednesday morning and goes, you know what we're going to have? Uh, we're going to have an All-Atlantic title tournament. We're going to do this right now. So it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. What does that mean? There's no real explanation. You didn't give – you didn't have any buildup for a couple of weeks on this. You have plenty of time in your calendar out after pay-per-views to be able to introduce something like this. This is completely rushed. And for the belt marks out there that were talking about how beautiful that championship is, I told Broitz, I said, there's nothing special about that championship. They just <laughs> put a couple of uh, flags on that thing, put an AEW sticker on it, and they're like, here we go. And it's like, well, what does that even mean? They talked about how many streaming services and how many televisions around the world are watching AEW or whatever. Why is there a need for that championship now? Why do you need that now? Because you don't need even need that to be a match for Forbidden Door. There's plenty of New Japan talent. There's plenty of AEW talent. You don't need another tournament for a championship now. Why do you need that now? Do you think, you know what, now Forbidden Door, it's, now it's solidified. Now I can't wait to see who's going to win the All-Atlantic Championship. Yeah, I think what that's What does it even mean? Point. Right, like it doesn't, especially even the way it's set up, it's going to be a four-way at Forbidden Door with one dude from New Japan and three AEW guys. So you could have done the same thing and not include New Japan and just done it at any other show. So I agree it doesn't make sense. The trios title to me is still something I've been pushing for for weeks. There's so many groups. There's so many factions that need something to do. House of Black, you know, Death Triangle, those guys. Give them the trios title. I know there have been reports that they're waiting for Kenny. You don't need to do that. Let's do that. Let's do the trios title. And that could have been built up to Forbidden Door. Have Bullet Club versus, you know, a House of Black or something. 
and the trios champion is crowned at Forbidden Door. This one, it definitely, I agree, it felt odd. Hopefully, they elevated. They've done a good job with their belts outside of you know the last couple months of the TNT title. But as of now, it doesn't quite sit well with me. So on any given night now, when you turn on AEW, you could see an interim AEW champ. You could see the North, the Atlantic champ, the TNT champ, tag team champs, ROH World Heavyweight, ROH Television, ROH True, ROH Tag Team. Am I missing any? I've got eight. I mean, they've done the AAA titles. Like, the AAA tag titles have been defended yeah. on AEW television. Did you mention the women? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not. So then, you, so then you've got an ROH TBS. women's champion, TBS, and an AEW women's <laughs> champ. So you got 11. 11, 11 <laughs> <laughs> keep your socks on. We don't want an Aaron Rodgers situation here. <laughs> you don't need to see anybody's feet on camera. Don't need to see any of that. We're fine. <laughs> But I mean, eleven championships like this. <laughs> eleven championships is too many damn championships, right? Oh, and by right. the way, Britt Baker and and Adam Cole are walking around with championship belts right. that aren't to be defended. Oh, and I forgot the FTW championship. Like, it's belt. Oh, the FTW championship. Yes, they got about the FTW championship. Yes. So we're looking at twelve belts that can be defended. Fourteen belts total. And that's the thing, like the Ring of Honor, so we've talked about a lot on this show. It's not like they're just off in the distance and they're their own company. They're defended in the main events of your programs. And so that's the fact that they're still there. They're still pretty prominent. So, yeah, I agree. It feels like it's just them saying like, oh, we have too many guys uh, here. Here's a new belt to chase. But not quite having that effect yet. Honest to God, did we just count 14 championships on AEW TV? Well, oh, 12 my that can God. 12 that can be defended, two right. are just kind of decoration for winning the Owen Hart. Oh, oh yes. And, and um, yeah, that's an interesting point, too. It's like, so Adam Cole, that was a tournament. Leave the belt at home. Or, right. or like, what? why are you still carrying that around? You're going to carry that around all year? Like, is, that's, nothing, that's nothing you defend. It's just some, an honor. It's an honor. You, you, you won the Owen Hart tournament. Put the belt in the case and then come back to TV. Why are you carrying that title around? That doesn't make any sense. It's also a great I, I point just... uh, made in the comments here by Santo. They showed Japan for the Atlantic title. Last time I checked, they're in the Pacific. <laughs> good point. Pretty good point. <laughs> I mean, see, the booker of the year, man. Listen, and, and by the way, we it's an entertaining product at points but also when you're telling stories they have to be able to make sense you don't need a million championships this is the same tony khan that said we're gonna have championship matches that matter you're gonna we're gonna have top 10. the top 10's not gone because that was jim ross idea by the way the top 10. so you don't even hear about the top 10 as much anymore and we're gonna have championship matches that matter well some of them do but again too many championships, too much confusion in the marketplace. That's just like, you know, that's like good karma. Uh, good karma radio out of West Palm is going to have English speech, speaking, Spanish, German uh, next week. They're going to have a, a French speaking show all within the same. Ooh, really? That would be confusing. <laughs> that would be confusing. And this is the same thing with AEW. You, you're, you're speaking 10 different languages on one show. I don't know what you're talking about. I came to a rock concert and I saw opera. Yeah, that, that's what AEW can be from time to time. What is this? And also with all that going on, nothing has a chance to breathe. Like, I feel like Osprey should have been a massive moment last night, but he's in the ring. They do their thing. It's like, all right, got to go to a backstage promo. Like, 
everything is so boom, 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 boom. They're trying to get everything in. Let something breathe. Take out one match. Take out one promo and give everything an extra 10 seconds to breathe because everything the last few weeks has felt way too rushed on Wednesday nights. Yeah, FTR says, oh, yeah, you know, Osprey and his boys back there. All of a sudden, Osprey just pops out. Right. Well, well, thanks for ruining the moment. <laughs> I didn't, did you know Did you know before the show that Osprey's going to show up in Independence, Missouri? I didn't. It just – oh, my did, God, dude. Like, I, it, it feels like the long – it's like a two-hour inside joke. Well, it, so it, that's – It is. I guess because we're talking about booking decisions. At least that's where this conversation started. Let's go ahead and <laughs> ask about that. Will Osprey. I'm excited for him. I know who he is. How many of the 900,000 plus watching AEW do we think the majority are very familiar with Will Ospreay? Or does, did, did that need more explanation when Less it happened? Half. Less yeah. than half. So I, I think you probably needed more explanation. And I understand the timing of everything is, is you know, you're just coming off the pay-per-view, one of your four that you have, and Double or Nothing is such a special pay-per-view for AEW because it's their first one. So they always make a big deal out of it every time it comes around. And now for the first time, you have another pay-per-view coming up in a month. But it's also with a different company that you now have to, like, let some of the audience know who some of these people are. And well, I think Will Ospreay's a huge star, but maybe your audience doesn't know who he is and you need to explain who he is. I, I sort of use the gauge of BTE, being elite on YouTube, has about 200,000 consistent you know, viewers. That, I think, is the inside inside. Like, the 900,000 are pro wrestling fans. It's a good number. The fact that they drew over 900,000 last night against an NBA Finals game, like, that's damn impressive. But I do think it's a small, like, a third of that audience knows who Will Ospreay is. I'll admit, Aussie Open and the rest of the guys, I'm not 100% sure who they are. Like, I'm not watching New Japan every week. I know Osprey from other stuff. So yeah. there needs to be some explaining there. And they try once in a while but that's the stuff where I guess they're just banking on this pay-per-view sold out before a match was announced. So maybe they're just booking towards that group of people saying, Hey, we know what you want. We're going to give it to you. We'll get back to the regularly scheduled program July 1st. Like maybe that's just the route they're taking. Brian, what was your question? We, we do a lot of these shows. Was it a couple of weeks ago that you asked like, who's the number one wrestler in the world or who's the wrestler for 2022 so far or something who's like the that. wrestler of the year. Yeah. Because uh, CM Punk said it was Dak. Uh, Hardwood okay. so far, the wrestler of the year. That's right. Okay. And I said, well, the real answer, guys, is Will Ospreay. Right. Mm -hmm. That is what I said. That's how you introduce Will Ospreay? <laughs> I mean, I mean, whatever you think of Will Ospreay, he wrestles a, a ton of independence. He wrestles around the world. That guy's got all the moves. I mean, people love Kenny Omega, but I mean, Will Ospreay is just a cut above, especially with him not being injured and available in all these shows across the world. And you introduce him in the middle of the card, like, hey, it's Will Ospreay. All right, we got to go to the back. It's Tony Schiavone. Like, really? <laughs> That's how you introduce – I mean, history will look at that poorly. When Conrad Thompson has 300 different podcasts and when AEW is closed down, he'll mark this particular show and say, all right, uh, the Tony Khan show here. Tony, what, are your, what was your thinking of bringing one of the greatest wrestlers in the world into AEW in – Independence, Missouri, in the middle of a show and not have any buildup. Explain that. It's going to be and hard his, for anybody to explain that. And his debut is going to be on Rampage, which, like, I know they want to say it's an equal show, but it's the B show, and that's where he's debuting this week. Like, that feels a little off. It's a pre-taped show. It's a pre-taped show that starts at 10 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. 
which hasn't had a consistent time for weeks, which isn't their fault, but it's an inconsistent time. It is their B show, and you have Will Ospreay on it this week in his first ever AEW match. I guess in their defense, they're trying. They have been trying to put more matches on Rampage to try to make it feel like it is, even though it's not right. Like to try to make it feel like you're building it up a little bit. Even though, again, given its time slot and it's only an hour long, it's it's going to be tough. And it's pre-taped. That's always going to put you behind the eight ball. So anybody who wants to know how Will Ospreay did, not going to be very hard to find the spoilers for Friday night's Rampage. Uh, speaking Max, Friedman, of- Max Friedman was right about Tony Khan. <laughs> I got nothing else to add. I got nothing else to add there. But we are still talking about AEW with our number two in the three count. The AEW Interim World Champion will be crowned at Forbidden Door. John Moxley will take on the winner of Tanahashi and Goto at Forbidden Door on June 26th. So, guys, who should be the Interim AEW Champion? I mean, it's got to be Mox, right? I, I guess with without any without any idea of what the actual injury and then surgery for CM Punk is, just having this indefinite timeline out there, I have a hard time seeing. Tony Khan putting the the AEW championship on someone who is not AEW, right? Like it's it, it to me that would rake of impact putting their world championship on Kenny Omega. You know, like yeah, he, he, he's Kenny Omega, but at the same time, like he's not your guy. You know, he's he, he's he doesn't belong in your company. So they've got to throw over the thousand championships they have. So you can obviously do a number of different things to keep a lot of those championships relevant. If you do put it on somebody from new Japan pro wrestling and that, that guy's just not available to be on your shows week in and week out, you could find a way around that. If you wanted to have some sort of new Japan versus CM Punk thing, since he's missing out on this big show. And he was obviously a big draw, I believe for this show. You got to keep it in house, and I think you got to keep it with the family. And it, it only makes sense to me that John Moxley becomes the interim champion. I think we want to see John Moxley against CM Punk whenever CM Punk is healthy and champion versus champion. I think that'll be intense, and I think it'll be fun to watch. Both the two guys that are um, that really care about the business, and it's it's a new John Moxley too. Everything he's gone through with rehab. And he feels like he's renewed. CM Punk felt bad for being injured. I mean, I, that's amazing news that came out last Friday about his injury. But a a fresh CM Punk against John Moxley will be box office. I think that's the match we want to see. Yeah, that'll be great. I mean, last night sort of felt lackluster. Even the Battle Royal, like Kyle O'Reilly winning, this didn't like feel like anything. It's like, okay, so obviously Moxley's oh, going to win. Who, who do you think should have won? <laughs> I Ray Phoenix would have been a great option. It's a great I, choice. Would have been a great choice. Andrade, even though he loses all those matches, like give him that opportunity. But it's funny when you have both companies, like the world championship picture are polar opposites right now. In AEW, you're this convoluted battle royal number one contender, another show, this show, interim champion. In the WWE, you don't even have a world champion right now. So I guess the second part to this question, which route do you guys prefer right now in terms of the world title picture? We're going interim champ. Or just don't see a champion for three months at a time. So I, I kind of, I kind, of, I think I'm going to respect the interim champ. I'm, I, I understand what okay. Tony Khan's doing with this because, again, at the core, this is supposed to be, you know, we're suspending our belief, and ultimately, this is about fighting, and mm-hmm. fighting is about being the best and having that championship. 
So what do we see in UFC when somebody is injured and unable to defend their championship? They don't just relinquish it. They don't go, here you go, Dana White. Here's my championship. I can't. No, they have interim champions, and then they have the unification once that champ becomes healthy. So this is what happens in the real fighting world. So I like that it's starting to come to the, the world of professional wrestling because it it's, keeps you on pace with everything else happening in the world around you. Yeah, um, I think on someone's TV, someone's got to show that they're the heavyweight champion. Okay, sure. It's not going to happen at WWE TV. Uh, if AEW is going to be without their heavyweight champion and CM Punk and just go with uh, Scorpio Sky, who also is injured, by the way, as a TNT champion at the top of the card, that doesn't do it for me. I like the idea of the interim champion. And it's something a wrestling actually guy should have done a long time ago. Uh, the old school would be, if you don't defend the championship in 30 days, you're going to strip you the championship. And if guys were hurt past 30 days, they would honestly strip it from them and put it in some battle royal, and that guy would be the champion. The interim champion just sets up for another super bout. And so it's something a wrestling should have done years and years ago. I like the idea of the interim champion, something for us to look at. You, know, you don't have to worry about house shows and all that kind of stuff, but at least on TV. Someone can represent the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Let it be John Moxley. I got no problem with that. All right. Cool. Yeah, because, I mean, whatever WWE's doing with Roman Reigns, that ain't it, man. Like, that ain't it. Like, you put both – like, at least when they did it with Brock, he only had one, you know? Like, he only had one of your main championships. Now you've given both the Roman and you've given him the same leeway as Brock to just kind of disappear and come and go as you please. Like, it's – it, it, to, to me, again, it, it's going to be tough to kind of build somebody legitimately to face Roman Reigns when both of those championships are gone. And here's the other thing. Whoever they build up is probably going to lose to Roman Reigns whenever he comes back after not defending it for three or four months. And that's just not going to look great either. You can you can write what you want as a, as a promoter and as a booker. You can write whatever you want to write. However, you still have the right to have a story for us to be able to suspend our disbelief. And that is, if you're building a story that says, oh, at the top of the card is a heavyweight champion. Believe in this heavyweight champion. Great. Well, let's see him. Well, he's not available. Okay, so who am I supposed to believe in? Now, Cody's hurt. Now, who am I supposed to believe in now at the top of the card? Well, I can't because you don't push anybody. That's And that's what it comes down to. Like, the guys you push are part-timers. The guys you push are Brock Lesnar and The Rock and you know guys that and guys that come and go just around WrestleMania season. And so you once again we talk about this all the time on the show. You have a roster of a hundred plus wrestlers from NXT UK, from the NXT, from SmackDown Raw. You can push whoever you want to push, but when you only have the company based on four or five wrestlers you believe in and everyone else's mid card. You get what you deserve, and it's yeah. just a plain, flat product. Not, it's not bad, just a flat product without the heavyweight champion. It's something that you can believe in on a card. And and I, I, I really enjoy Dolph Ziggler. I think that he's been mismanaged most of his career. I feel bad for him because he got hurt when he got that opportunity. And when he when he cashed in his money in the bank at this point, it's about a decade ago when he finally won. Like, that is one of the bigger pops. People went crazy when he won his championship. So you've got a, a, a former champ making his return to your Monday Night Raw product, 
and he just gets like a quick interview and then chased off by MVP and Omas. Like, again, like this is a former champ that you could, hey, he's he's been off Raw TV for a while. If you present him coming back as a former champ, it wouldn't take much to heat him up and be like, oh, here's a contender for money in the bank. 100% right? agree. And, but he's always been misused. Went. Like, that's not surprising at all. Yeah. Yeah, it just uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Speaking of money in the bank, Brian Rowitz, what's number three on the three count? The rumors were it was going to be Cody's to take this year, but him being out, which wrestler takes home money in the bank this year? <laughs> the Miz. Oh man, that is such the, a tough. That's such oh, a tough question. It's such a Miz. tough question. No, not just the Miz. Is that the default <laughs> answer? If you don't know with WWE, you just Go the Miz and they'll figure it out. Yeah, Veer Mahan. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, like whoever gets the Money in the Bank is that the the Money in the Bank is supposed to be the next big thing in the WWE. Yes. Now who's that supposed to be in this company? Braun Breaker. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I mean, he's I mean, the next he, big thing, right? I mean, he I know is, but he's ready least... to be called up. I think he's good enough to be called up at this point. Oh, so oh, I mean, I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. But do you have the full report on on in your house from this past Saturday? I, I did uh, watch in your house. That that was part of my takeaway. Is that like this guy's not great, but he's good enough to be on this main roster where there really is no stars right now. Like he well, should be up uh, there. Vikram says Seth. Sure, sure. Like the, the money in the bank is supposed to be the next big thing, right? And so. Yeah, Seth Rollins, Money in the Bank. You're going to have this guy. And actually, the Money in the Bank briefcase is a rib because you got to take that thing all over the place. You got to take that through airports. And it's a rib on you that you got to take a big thing that says Money in the Bank to airports and put it through the scanner and take it to hotels. And so it's really a joke, right? That's what it is. But sure. But sure. also, but like, Montez just- Ford. I'd be fine with that. But like to what we were just talking about, part of the intrigue of Money in the Bank, part of that Dolph moment is, oh, when's the cashing going to happen? If there's no champion on TV, like, it's an irrelevant briefcase. Like, you're just holding it around. Like, when are you going to cash it in? Like, you get once a shot every three months? When's the last time Money in the Bank actually went to the next big thing? Big because we won it last year. Yeah, Okay. I mean, so and but before that, rushed, like his cash in, but like he sort of, he shouldn't have been there. He should have been elevated already, but I think they get credit for that now. Okay. Because before that it was Otis, but yeah. then they realized that, that, you know, they did that kind of as a payoff with the Mandy Rose story. They ended up having Miz taken away from him Yep. before that. I mean, at one point, uh, Brock Lesnar won Brock it in, the year before that. Yep. And he was the monster in the bank, you know, like, I mean, they, they they haven't necessarily always given it to that next big thing. I mean, the, the last time I was really excited, I think that somebody won it was when Dean Ambrose won it yeah. and then cashed in that night. And you had all three members of the shield hold the WWE championship in one night, which is a cool little thing at money in the bank five, six years ago at this point. But okay. well, the, I, so, the, well, the answer is Seamus, right? Cause they try to push Seamus down our throat. Like that was 2015. You mentioned Ambrose in 16, yep. Corbin in 17, Braun Strowman in 18, choo-choo, Brock Lesnar in 19, Otis in 20, Big E in 21. Well, Big E was supposed to be that yeah. guy. I mean, he, get, he gets his neck broken by some neophyte jackass, uh, you know, but, 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 but the Big E, people were excited about his yeah. reign. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So we can go all the way back to 21. I was excited for Big E because there was a break away from the New Day and I liked his title reign. And to Brian's point, I mean, it was for me, it was like, it's about damn time. Yeah. But at least, but there was excitement of, oh, okay, finally they're starting to see what we're seeing with Big E. You know, and then they gave him his championship run, and that now unfortunately he's on the shelf. But but that's I mean, they don't the have frustration of this match. Like they'll throw those guys in there to get you excited. Like, is this the year that you know Dolph wins, or that if theory hypothetically, and then they give it to someone else? Like Jay Hood, you joke about you know in case of emergency, go with Miz. Can we really rule out that Brock wins it again? Like I don't know what his contract status is, but like go back to that well. Like that wouldn't surprise me at this point. I mean because. Well, first of all, like who are the, the who are the new people that they even have? Like Butch, like Butch is going to suddenly you know go from. Like, I mean, I just don't even know like who hey, they hey, have. Butch is over, man. Vince <laughs> loves Butch. Vince, I love him. He's a little run. God damn it! He, I mean, he loves he. I read this like he loves the Butch character. Like really, on Madison Square Garden main event, Butch. Butch <laughs> tonight. Butch. <laughs> Rock against Butch. <laughs> box office. Like, no, it's not box office. But I, no. I think I think that the Seth idea is interesting because by him attacking once again Cody Rhodes, they're probably not done. So now what what if Seth wins it? And if Cody can come back sooner than expected, yeah. you can have them fight over it. I mean, there's I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just don't see, I don't see an option that somebody's slowly climbing up the ladder at the end of the match and getting to the top and unhooking that briefcase. Like, I, I'm looking at the roster right now, and there's just nobody there that I'm going. Yes, I would be really excited if this guy won. That, that so just the three doesn't names, exist. The three names I wrote down were Riddle, who we talked about, which like it feels like they're going that route. It feels like that gets a pop. Edge as a face, like maybe fans are, you know, they forgive him and we have the intrigue of possibly another Edge title run. And the other one I wrote down is in the same boat as the Miz and Brock, like it's Cena. Like Cena gets a run through the summer where there, there is that intrigue and then Roman squashes him at SummerSlam. Like that's the only stuff I can think of. And then maybe what, they get a pop of like, hey, movie star wins it. Here's and the other part about this is money in the bank, unless it's Cody, seems so irrelevant because they ain't beaten Roman, you know, like there's, there's intrigue and, you know, like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, I think whatever the stat is 80% of the time, 81% (laughs) of the time, whatever it is, you know, you cash, you get the money in the bank briefcase, you end up with a Well, that number's about to go down because whoever went, like, I don't think that they're going to beat Roman reigns, even if they do it like surprisingly, they're just not going to beat Roman. They're not going to do, that I think to take to end Roman Reigns's long streak, they're not going to do it by some quick roll up on, on on some dude who won Money in the Bank. So this year it just feels a little less relevant to me because we only have one champ, and yeah, it's 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 a little it's a little disappointing, certainly. Yep. All right, we move on to uh, match of the week. I think that we all have the same match of the week, but we got to do this anyway, right? Well, do we want to do match of the week or do we want to do Brian's full report from in your house? I mean, well, <laughs> we better get through this match of the week because in your house is the ha-ha. That's what the, if they come it. together, Gabe? How disrespectful. What if my match was from in your house? You know what? Then you hit – you get off the Zoom. 
if, if you if the National League is from in your house, then you then it's a two man show. That's what's gonna happen. So if, if not, I will report. No, that's no the the in your house is the comedy part portion of Good Karma Wrestling this week. So I mean, we do all have I, I the thought, same. I thought the whole comedy hour, but I guess I'm a. I apologize. <laughs> no, we're no, we're fired up of an AEW. That wasn't funny. That that was there was so hard there. True. You know that that's true. That wasn't funny. That's that's frustrating because it's a million things happening in a two hour block, and it's just like, where are you guys going with this? Just give me this, entertain me, but give me an idea of what's going on. So, the the match of the week. I think we all have the same match of the week, don't we? It has to be. Uh-huh. There's only one choice. It's, it's like Brian, there, there, there can be only one. Hell in a cell. Brian, don't do Bucks that. Bucks and Lucha Bros. Bucks and Lucha Bros no. was good, but like there was only one guy. <laughs> All right. There's only one guy who wrestled with a torn pectoral and still put on yeah, a very really entertaining good. match. It was yeah, better than Bro, it's that was pretty good. It was. There was, this inter, there was this intergender match in Des Moines. I really liked. Fight TV. It's like, wait a minute. You guys you don't understand. I used Fight TV credits this weekend, what? and there was a really good match. Oh really my god! Card. But this, uh, this uh, Athena Swerve match was really awesome, though. You got to see this, guys. I mean, Gabe, how do you not support your guy Phoenix? You got a big moment there. I mean, the other one I even wrote down was Paul. Oh, you want to know why? You want to know why? Because Tony Khan choked again and he had the Lucha Bros lose. That's how, Brian. That's okay. how. We 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 have to give Cody Rhodes our fl- his, his flowers because guys, we've never seen anything like this. Sure. And, and so I, we want to make sure. Not just Cody, Seth, man. Because like Seth, yeah. like to have to work that match and still put on. I just feel like Seth to me just went to another level. Like when, when we talk about, you know, some of the greats being able to carry guys, like Seth had to do a lot of heavy lifting there, you know, cause his opponent had one working arm. So like, I, yes, Cody Rhodes, tip of the cap to you, sir, for doing what you did because it was phenomenal and you put on a hell of a show, but like Seth Rollins did a lot of heavy lifting too. And, and I want to make sure that his recognition as well. I, I, I mean, we haven't seen anything like this as far as an injury that you can see. There's been problems with injuries, guys working around injuries before. But when he took, when Cody Rhodes took his robe off, you can see a little bit of it in, you know, within the robe. When we, when he reveals just the torn peck and how red and how black and purple and blue that he was, there was an audible gasp at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont because it wasn't cheers or boobs. It's just like, oh my god. Oh my God, that ain't makeup. That's real. How in the hell this is what? And so I tweet out at Good Karma Wrestling. I say this match can't last long. If he's got <laughs> that injury, there's no way he's going to be able to last long. And again, they gave us more than we expected. What, what did we say last week? Just put it in the ring and then see what happens. But they went above and beyond. Cody Rhodes is the same guy that re- would have put himself through a fiery table just to get over in all elite wrestling. He's done. He's taken cane shots. He's done everything he could to be able to get the fans to notice him, and for him to wrestle with that injury, a serious injury, where it's torn off the bone. Yes, and I guess the doctors were like, "Well, you can't do any more damage to it, <laughs> so go ahead." And then he comes back on Monday Night Raw and gets more damage to it. Whether well, I mean, it, it's just a remarkable thing. It's one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen in wrestling, where a guy works with that injury and not for a five-minute match game. 
No, he wrestled the entire time limit of whatever that was going to be. To work for Rollins to work around that injury, for Cody to wrestle with that pain is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in wrestling. I've been watching for a long time. Yeah, I I, I can't add anything to that because and at first I was skeptical of it, like, man. Because I, I knew once he was going to wrestle, he's still going to win, right? Like, you're not going to have him go in there and not go over. So I'm thinking, man, how much is this going to affect Seth? Because now he lost to a one-armed man. You know, he's he's the fugitive. He's losing to a one-armed man. Like, this ain't going to be good for anybody. And the way that they told the story in the ring, the way they did it, I, I think both came out looking spectacular. Um, so I, it was it was unbelievable to see just because, as you mentioned, the visual was something we've never seen before. Mm-mm. Yeah, they were good. I mean, oh, dude, you cut it out, man. I mean, it's unbelievable. The guy is out there with a torn peck. He's dying yeah. in the ring. And he doesn't compare to some 200-seat house show that you saw on Fight TV. It's unbelievable. Uh, Buddy Murphy was also really good last night. I enjoyed that match. I, I'm I am speechless. I am without speech. It's it's, it's unbelievable. This guy, just, this bro. I mean, proud, if it's if, it, if it's not in some bar or some armory, he's not. He's, <laughs> he's out. He's not. He's out. Uh, it's got to be in a high school gymnasium. Did it happen in a high school gym? No, no, not for me. It's the red cell ruins it for me. I, give me give me the old cell. I don't need it to be red. I'll tell you this: if it wasn't for the the, the histrionics with Cody and uh, and Seth, the women put on a hell of a match. That opener? Yeah. Oh, Oscar. can I say that she's underrated? Yes. I still think her, her every strike matters. When she hit, hit uh, Becky Lynch with a million different shots, it was amazing. And Bianca slips in there with the pinfall. They Those women put on a hell of a match. They, they open hell in the cell. About, what, 24 minutes, 25 minutes? Yeah. They yeah. did a really mm-hmm. great job. Yeah, gave him plenty of time, and it was a fantastic match. Yes, I, I agree with that. Are you okay with that, Brian? Can we give credit? I mean, it was in Hell in a Cell. It was in Chicago. It was kind of a big arena. I don't know if that's okay with you. No, that was good. That was a good match. Good, okay. good on them. Good All match. Right. Okay. All right. Two and a half stars. You know, it was probably about average. It was fine. You know, if that's, if that's your thing. How about Kylo Riley against John Moxley? Where is that on the uh, the Rowan scale? What do we got there? The Rowan scale. I enjoyed scale. it. I don't know. I, I still enjoyed Pac versus Buddy Murphy more from last night. I thought it I was mean, one of the better Mox matches in – I mean, he's been doing the trio stuff for a while right. with with Blackpool Combat Club, but I thought it was a really good singles match for Mox. I think it really uh, established him as, yep, this is the guy. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly makes you do that, man. It wasn't just yeah. blood, blood and guts, and it wasn't just uh, kick and punch. Kyle O'Reilly made him wrestle. It was kind of a New Japan-type style match. I enjoyed that. And, by the way, it got Jim Ross interested. Because he, he sat up in his chair. It's like, this is a hell of a wrestling match. Hell of a wrestling match. I'm like, oh, he's into it. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, because it was physical. I think that's why he liked it so much. And anytime you get Mox involved, yes, there's going to be physical. But like you said, it doesn't have to be blood and guts. Um, you know what? Because, Brian, you're just so disagreeable. I'm not, I don't even want to hear your book report. I don't want to hear your little story yeah. about in your house. I think we're taking that away. We made you do the homework, and now there's not going to be a payoff because you're just so disagreeable, and you probably have like three matches from in your house rated higher than the Cody Rhodes Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell match. Yes, I want to hear your main roster. Yeah, I want to hear your Vic Joseph, uh, you know, uh, report here. What did what happened in your? I'm very interested because this is a rib on you. 
that Gabe and I played on you for because <laughs> Gabe and I is hell, sure as hell weren't going to watch that. Absolutely, and that and that Jenny Jones studio that they wrestle from. Uh, so you so you tell us what you saw there. So I will say it took me a few days. It wasn't a straight watch through, but my big takeaway was not terrible. Like I went in with no expectations. I went in with like, hey, I don't know many of these people anymore, but overall more you know hits than misses. Mandy Rose is much improved. She's still not ready for the main roster, but she's much improved. Braun, I think, is good enough to be on the main roster. Their tag division, I don't know if it's because I'm comparing it to the old NXT tag division. They could use some work there. But overall, not too bad, but not enough to make me to watch last night or Tuesday night, whatever the hell that show is. Okay, well, let's have a breakdown of Braun Breaker against Joe Gacy. What do you, ha- what do you have there? No, not a five-star match. It was just sort of there, but Braun knows how to do his thing. If he got disqualified, he would have lost the belt. So Ooh. you had that moment where he held the chair and he thought about it, but the inner Braun won over and he was able to do his thing. He's talented in the ring, and even promo-wise, I think he's okay for WWE style. Like, he should be on the main roster. I'd be fine with him winning Money in the Bank. Okay, you have to look this up because I don't know these names, Gabe. So uh, this uh, – uh, he's, he's, I'm pretty sure he just said Braun Breaker wrestled John Wayne Gacy. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what he just said. <laughs> what is this uh, – the family with D'Angelo and Lorenzo? They're trying to do some some bad Italian gimmick from the 80s. What is this? A hundred percent. Straight stereotypical. You get the Italian flag in there. They have the name that right up the old WWF alley. But big stipulation there. The loser of that match had to join the other one stable. So a lot on the line in that match. So I couldn't tell you many names in that match, but a really good match regardless. Wait, so like when, and again, I can't believe I'm bringing this up for like the second time in three weeks. So very similar to when Cesaro and Sheamus couldn't beat each other. So they joined up. Uh-huh. That it was a big deal. It was a big, that was the payoff. Like, so now okay. they got to join the family. All right, I guess you're going to have to catch me up here. Um, So if, You've been feuding with someone. Uh-huh. Would you want them to join your stable? It's like the old sitcom storyline of someone's got to be someone's butler. I see it going that route. But again, it didn't do enough to make me want to watch on Tuesday. So I don't know how it progressed. <laughs> mm, well, Jay, okay. we've lost Jay. Like, we've <laughs> yeah, completely yeah. lost him. I think he's watching Impact at this point. I know. Like, I, I mean, I, <laughs> now, you know, because of that uh, that horrible rundown, we're going to give you another pay-per-view to watch. Okay. So, anniversaries next week. <laughs> watch it. I wouldn't even do that to you, bro. I wouldn't do that to you. Here's what I'm going to do. Since How I've did got you know fight, that? Since I've got fight credits. Okay. Broitz, your next uh-huh. assignment will be Saturday, June 11th in Knoxville, Tennessee. You're going to watch NWA Always Ready. Oh, okay. You're going you're going to watch you're going to watch uh, Matt Cardona, the NWA champion. And Knoxville. Good luck trying to fill that convention center. Uh, that's where they're going to be. I don't even know. Oh, it's – oh, you know what? Hmm. All this against uh, Cardona. You know, that, that's – Not bad. That actually is going to be good. I think that's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, it could be so – it, it's got potential to be – I mean, depending upon how many seats they fill in Nashville. Right. It's got potential to be Rowitz's match of the week next week. Let's go. So, so next week – you gotta give us an update on always ready and, and always by the way, spelled with a Z. Always it's, ready. It's That's what all what the cool kids do. You know that? Oh God. The NWA. Billy Corrigan's <laughs> NWA is pet project. Uh, you're going to give us a, a full report of always ready from the NWA from the Knoxville Convention Center. It's Saturday. <laughs> Beautiful. 
All right. I can't wait to hear about that. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I can't wait to see. I mean, who knows what the hell else happens? I mean, last I week know. we signed off where, you know, hey, everything was great in the wrestling world. We were looking forward to some things. Next thing we know, the top two baby faces got knocked out. Different injuries. So who knows what happens in this next week of wrestling. But I can promise you one thing. Whatever happens, we're going to be talking about it next week right here on GKW.